and welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy is still not here, so you may be aware, because you looked at the name of this episode before you click play, that we're not talking about Red Dead Revolver. That's coming. It's a mm-hmm. paid patron request, mm-hmm. so all three of us need to be here. Uh, Jeremy is still not back this episode. He should be back soon, and at that point, we will cover Red Dead Redemption. This is a Red Dead uh, Revolver. This is why I stopped promoting which episode was coming, by the way, because it was just with everyone's mm-hmm. schedules. we got real lives. We've got kids. We've got uh, you know jobs that are different hours and new jobs and health problems and everything else. So it's always like, you know what? Let's mm-hmm. just stop telling people what we're going to do. That way, everyone thinks we know what's happening instead of always operating uh, as if everything's on fire. So the good news is uh, this is a game I've wanted to talk about for quite a long time, and I know you uh, are familiar with it and have played it somewhat recently. So we're going to be talking about Pikmin for the Nintendo GameCube. But before we do that, Billy, what have you been playing since our last show? Well, just a little bit uh, of this and that. Like I said, I'm freed, power washing. I've been kind of moving through... Um, various games. I did uh, do a little, little shopping around on the Switch. That you know, they've they've always got some tremendous fucking sales um, on on games I didn't even know I wanted. And once I pick them up, I realize I I, I still don't. But they were cheap. So what can you do? Um, I, I did get a good one though. I uh, and I don't know why I have not played this one before. This one wasn't part of the sale, but I was a uh, was gifted that uh, that new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe on the Switch, um, which I had only touched on it briefly um, on the Wii U, and I, I I've just been on a big kick lately of, of of watching people play you know those insane fucking Mario Maker levels and just watching people not so much the for the levels but just the because you can kind of see the see the life drain from their eyes as they play that's <laughs> that's gotten a, a bizarre amount of pleasure out of that uh, and, and I think uh, I, I think my, my fiance kind of took note of me uh, just going on and on about old side-scrolling Mario so yeah and, and it's, it's been a real treat playing this thing on handheld mode also awesome. But on the on the sale front of things, I, I got a, a good one, and I, I it's another one I've been looking at forever. It's at a Puyo 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 Tetris crossover. Um, it's it's we're in a big puzzle game house, uh, big Tetris house, and I, this one has just been a real kind of joy to play through. Uh, I I've, I've been a little busy, got a, a new job starting up soon, so it's it's been hard to really sit down with something lengthy um so these have been been pretty good for me i also picked up moonlighter um i haven't played it yet but i am told i will enjoy it and that usually comes true but uh we'll see um i've also got just ridiculous ass multiplayer games i'm trying to find stuff for you know planning to to maybe have friends at some point in time uh we're gonna try something new this year uh, we ended up playing just the dumbest shit. There's a game, Think of the Children, also on Switch. Uh, it's it's has reminded us why I think we'll probably stick to one one child. Uh, it's kind of an over the top management, family management thing where you have to like set up a barbecue and get a birthday party ready, but you have to keep kids from you know fucking burying themselves in the sand or, or running out in the road, things like that. Uh, so it's it's just been uh, just a collection of things I don't really have to put a lot of time or thought into now. I'm hoping to uh, kind of really figure out what game I'm going to pour 
uh, some some serious time into uh, soon enough. I also uh, kind of took advantage of not a, not a great sale. It, it was an on sale, so I bought it. But it's something I've been looking at for a long time on the Switch. I picked up Arcade Paradise, uh, another mm-hmm. kind of simulation. Let's check. You're talking about how you're doing this this child simulation. We have to, you know, like a house housework simulation, whatever. This is the same idea where I I bought it thinking, okay, this is a game where it's a like a an arcade tycoon, which it kind of is. You're you're building an arcade slowly, but it's really that it's a an, a laundromat simulator that has arcade games now you have to play the arcade games to uh kind of make them better and more popular games so people pay them and you get more money from the arcade games and then once you earn more money Mm. from both the laundromat and arcade games you can buy newer and newer games that you can play so it's like having you know you're you've got the tycoon part because you're trying to to make this business build up and get these better and better machines and upgrade your facilities and you know generally make what looks like the perfect 80s arcade in the back of this laundromat but at the same time Every day you come into the laundromat at 7 a.m. and you have to pick up trash if there's trash around and you have to do laundry and people come in and bring laundry. It's, it's not just a laundromat where like people are paying to use your machines. You're doing their laundry. So I guess as, as it's an option you have, that's how you make it right at the start of the game. So I come in in the morning uh, every day for this game and I do a bunch of laundry. And then when I have like five or ten minutes between loads of stuff, I run to the back and I play a game of air hockey. And, <laughs> and I was like, at first I, I wasn't sure if I'd like this game after I bought it. I was like, oh no, there's a lot of like life simulation going on here and like mm-hmm. job simulation stuff. But at the same time, uh, it turns out I actually love running a fake laundromat. Uh, I've been having a lot more fun with that than most of the arcade games. Now, some of the, the arcade games are fun. That's not a slight on the arcade games. It's more my own uh, my own happiness doing a job that is literally just holding A over a, laundry, a laundromat long enough to throw clothes in the washing machine, waiting 10 minutes in real life, and then putting them in the dryer and doing the same thing. It's nice and simple, and then keeping the place clean just to pick gum off of things and makes it like a little mini game to pick gum off of items and throw trash in the, in the dumpster outside. Uh, it is It is a fascinating game, and one that... I think it's way better than I originally inte- I thought it would be. Like, at first, I thought, okay, it's going to be cool to run my own arcade games, and I wasn't even sure you could play them. I, I had no idea. I didn't do a lot of research mm-hmm. on it. But I figured you couldn't really play these games. But no, you can, and it, they're like full games. They're, they're simplified versions of, or, or modified versions, I guess, of classics. Like, there's a game that looks like Grand Theft Auto, but really it's Pac-Man with cars. Um, but in the Grand mm. Theft Auto style, uh, for example, when you get hit by a when when the cops catch you, you run you become end up going around on, around on foot to find a different car to jump into, and then you continue the Pac-Man maze as opposed to you know immediately getting chomped by a ghost. So it it's it's neat. I'm enjoying it, but yeah, the laundromat parts are amazing, and I'm absolutely loving them. Uh, the other thing I've been playing, other than Monster Hunter, which I have to say, I, I bought this Xbox Series S. I have only played. I, I'm 99 of my time is Monster Hunter Rise, which I already <laughs> spent like 200 hours plus playing on the Wii or on the Switch, I'm sorry. And now I'm playing it again with people uh, in groups and I'm having the best time ever. Uh, but so I bought this Xbox Series S. I spent no money on it. Uh, however, I did just order five more Evercade cartridges. So now I've spent about $400 on the Evercade yeah. and only $250 on my Xbox Series S <laughs> for the entire time <laughs> that I've owned you gotta, it. You gotta, you gotta know how to prioritize your money. I, I do love the Evercade though. I have to say, I know I talk about it a lot, but um, the, the the games that are on there, I'm sure they're in every cart. There's probably two or three games that are awesome, and then uh, you know the rest are ones I probably won't visit again. But uh, mm-hmm. it's fun to find a game that I've never played and really dig into it, uh, like we do for this podcast a lot. Uh, we're not going to really do that today, though, because the game we're talking about today, we've both played a ton of uh, over the years. Uh, I've played every single release of this game that I possibly could. We're going to be talking about mm-hmm. Pikmin for the GameCube. <laughs>
and you know, the, the GameCube doesn't come up too often around here. It's 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 nice to nice to have a, a GameCube game in. Uh, just the, before we get into it, like I think this is a system that I've like really come to appreciate more as time goes on. Um, I, I don't think uh, you know because it didn't seem like it was around for too long, or maybe it was because you know there was there was pretty stiff competition at that point in time. It was probably the first um, Nintendo console that I that didn't have the majority of my attention. And, you know, I had, you know, I guess the, the necessary titles on there, right? I Double Dash, uh, Smash, any Mario, any Zelda, any of the, the mainline games that came through, I picked up. Uh, but this was Pikmin was one of those I I didn't really try until later on um in the GameCube's kind of life. Uh it was it was already something that was that was unplugged in my room and we get plugged in every now and then at that point. Um and I actually found this pretty cheap at that time and started playing it and, and really loved it. It was one of those that I just I completely overlooked and there are other other games coming out hot and heavy. Um, so I, I didn't get into the, the series initially. And I even kind of the first time I played it, can't say I walked away um, too impressed. It's definitely one of those that um, it wasn't until like Pikmin 3 that I really like put time into. And that kind of got me to go back uh, and give these older ones uh including this one, uh, a try. I had the exact opposite of almost everything you just said there. For example, <laughs> I, the Nintendo 64 was the first Nintendo system. I mean, outside of like, I don't know if the Virtual Boy was before or after the N64, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, the N64 was the first console that they put out that I kind of was like, okay, this is fine, and it's going to do well because it's Nintendo, and the actual Nintendo originals and a few of the third-party games were, were good, but for the most part, I thought the N64 was inferior to the PlayStation, uh, which was its main competition at the time, Saturn, PlayStation, and, and N64, right? But the Saturn was already kind of dead, um, in the U.S. at least. And so the, I thought the PlayStation had a much larger and wider array of games. Now, over time since then, I've grown to go back to the N64, some of that for the purpose of of this podcast and for when I was streaming uh, heavily, to visit, revisit some of those N64 games I wrote off and realize, no, these are actually quite good. Um, it, it didn't have some of the, you know, the sound-wise, the PlayStation had to be because it was CD-based, right? And and there were a lot of N64 games that were not very good. But I thought the N64 was, like, the first, like, oh, maybe Nintendo's no longer the king of of gaming, you know, in this, in, and Sony is going to take over, or, you know, eventually Microsoft. So when the GameCube came out, I was less than interested in it from the get-go. I, I never played, I've now played a little bit, but I had never played Super Mario Sunshine until literally in the last year and a half when they put out the like 3D Mario collection or whatever it was called that you could buy. And I, I didn't I didn't rush out to get a GameCube. What forced me to buy a GameCube when it first came out was Animal Crossing. Of all the things, because I thought, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I got to go check this out. So I bought a GameCube so that I could play Animal Crossing. And then I found other GameCube games that I did like. And it, it I, I thought it had a much stronger library than the N64, but it was a console that just didn't do as well as the PlayStation 2 or, or even the Xbox at the time. It was kind of the third-rate console even though it had some really stunning games and i don't know this is the dumbest thing i've probably ever said and i've said a lot of dumb things over the years on this show literally the fact that it has the mini cds instead of cds i think was a, a reason in my mind where i was like well it's clearly not as good the cds are smaller 
Why would it be? <laughs> why would it be as good as the PlayStation Two? That that is sound. That is sound logic. That yeah, is very sound. Yeah, I mean, I I often say things that may not be very smart, but that's clearly incredibly smart. But th- so, I but I I would then hunt down these weird GameCube games that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you didn't get a lot of play. I, when I was was writing years ago, I wrote about a game called Cubivore that was only on the the GameCube, and that was literally like, like a, a, a the let the strongest survive kind of simulator, but everything is a cube. And, and I thought it was pretty cool, and I, I played that. And I, again, Animal Crossing and all these other games, but Pikmin was a game that was actually Nintendo released. It came out in two thousand one, and it was not just a Nintendo first party release. This was a Shigeru Miyamoto, you know produced game this was his mm-hmm. idea uh, and you know you can find a lot more and uh, online just interviews with him and people that uh, are much smarter than me that can can get, give you a better story of it but essentially you know Miyamoto finds something he's fascinated by and then makes games that are somehow tied to that thing and this was this was Miyamoto likes gardening is what why Pikmin is a thing basically uh, the the world of Pikmin and even on the GameCube even playing it today on the original GameCube version the backgrounds and the world that you're playing in looks like someone just went outside and zoomed in really close to the ground like it looks mm-hmm. really pretty it's got uh, you know realistic backgrounds I mean yeah there's some things that are less realistic than others but it's still a fairly good representation of if you went outside in your backyard and laid down on the grass with a magnifying glass and played with like I don't know, inch high, uh, like muscle men or something like those little pink muscle men mm-hmm. or something like that in the grass in your backyard. Like it's a very good zoomed in world that looks very realistic. So the idea of the game is you're an astronaut named Olimar. Uh, you're, you're an astronaut from the planet of Hokotate, which doesn't matter for anything except for the background. But while you're flying around in space, your, your ship, the dolphin is hit by a, a meteoroid and crashes into this strange planet. He wakes up, his ship has been crashed, he's thankfully safe, but he now needs to find all the pieces of his ship that kind of broke apart and hopefully try to repair it uh, in the next 30 days. He only has enough life support for 30 days. Uh, if he can repair the ship, then he'll be able to receive his life support and go back home and you know be a hero again to his people or whatever. Mm-hmm. So at first you're like, okay, I mean, I know it has more to do than just this astronaut guy. And fairly quickly, after you get around and you walk around, uh, to, to see the world around you and see like, okay, this is a very zoomed in version of what looks a lot like Earth. Uh, you run into this red bulb looking thing. The bulb is called the onion. And what the onion does is when you first stare at it, it like zooms, it, it pops up out of the ground and then a little seed will fall down into the ground, sprout. And then the game tells you basically like, go over to the sprout and hit A. When you hit the A mm-hmm. button, Olimar will pull up this sprout and it's a little red plant person. They don't talk. They make little like, you know, almost babyish noises generally, but they don't really mm-hmm. talk. And you, you, Olimar learns quickly, and it, the game tells you what to do, but basically you can throw these little plant people, uh, you know, in front of you about four or five links of your body over in an arc. And if they hit something, like, for example, a flower that you can clearly tell has like a big red one on it, you throw the, the pil- Pikmin at the flower, it'll kind of eat the parts of the flower away or hit the parts of the flower away, and then it will carry back the spoils of its combat to the onion. Uh, in the case of these red pellets, it will find these red pellets that are growing out of flowers or laying on the ground sometimes, and they have numbers on them, and they'll carry them back to their to the onion, and that will cause more Pikmin to sprout out. Eventually, you'll be walking around these little little zoomed-in areas with an army mm-hmm. of uh, up to 100 Pokemon. <laughs> 100, I'm not sorry, I said Pokemon. Uh, up to 100 Pikmin that you can mm-hmm. then throw and use to do basically everything Olimar needs to do. At the start of the game, Olimar can do nothing other than walk around 
and you know throw these little little Pikmin guys. You don't have an attack. If you run into you know the giant enemies in the game, which are look a lot like giant bugs, but also are not anything like bugs you'll find on Earth, uh, bugs and you know killer plants and animals like that that would make sense in a zoomed in tiny world. Uh, you have to use the Pikmin to defend yourself, but also to carry things back to your ship. If you find ship pieces, you can throw them and they'll, you know, it'll, it'll say like you need 30 ship pieces to th or 30 Pikmin to carry the ship piece. So as you throw them, you'll watch the counter go up. And once you have enough Pikmin where you can pick up that ship piece and they will carry it directly back to your ship following the map. So if there is a bridge they have to cross over, they will follow the bridge. If they uh, can take a shortcut that you may not even be aware of, sometimes they'll do that and you can follow them to see things. So it's it, mm -hmm. at the start of the game, it's really about learning how to control Olimar and, you know, how far can I throw these Pikmin? How do I control the camera? Which is another thing we're going to have to talk about on its own for a minute. Uh, but the, mm. the at the very beginning of the game, it's just Olimar, Red Pikmin, kind of learning the world. That first area you're in, which is called the landing zone uh, or the landing... Uh, the impact site is, is a fairly safe area. There's nothing there that can hurt you at the start. You're just walking around finding one red pigment and using it to slowly build up your your you know army of red pigment so that you can get over 20 so you can carry that first ship piece back and that starts your game that's the, like the first day in the game too and now i know you said when you played this the first time you weren't very impressed the first time i played this game and carried that ship piece back it was like a light bulb went off and i was like they've made a game that is for me this game hits every button i like in video games i love this game no, I, it, it's one of those, like I said, definitely looking back, I can see why. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. I, I don't know what real, well, I know what put me off initially. Um, you know, I, I playing through, it's 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 a nice tutorial level. I, I feel like this game never at any point, um, maybe it's because there's not the most mechanics in the world to it. I don't, I don't feel like it at any point throws you for a loop or does anything like that. It's it's very good. Uh, at, and actually, yes, uh, to further my my big 180, I, I pulled on this game from back in the day. I think it's definitely one of the better kind of tutorial levels. And initially, uh, this is the GameCube. We're going back a ways. And this is still just a, a lovely, lovely game to look at. Um, you really do get that sense of, like you said earlier on, just like, being out in the woods, being out in the backyard, you know, with that that magnifying glass, uh, you do get a sense of that. It does a great job of, of conveying that. Um, I think what initially got me, though, was like you said, you've got that oxygen supply. You've got thirty days. I, I'd say a day on the on this game is what maybe ten minutes or so, real time. Um, so, yeah, I don't do well with time limits. I really don't. I, I do very poorly with them. Um, I, that, that game, uh, oh, is that zombie at Dead Rising from, from years ago? Oh, yeah. I just, I, could, I couldn't play. I, I love the concept. I love the humor. I, I thought everything was great about it. Um, but it was the time limit on that and the, the having to get shit done in a certain amount of time. And that's especially tough in a game like this where... Early on, it's not an issue. You can you can do your thing just fine. But some later levels, uh, it it does start to become a crunch unless you really just know what you're doing. Like you come in with a game plan, and a lot of times that just falls to you just slinging those damn Pikmin and everything you can. And I, I find I think what got me was I was just 
in panic mode the entire time instead of really just being able to a game like this you want to just like admire it and i feel like a lot of times you you can't i think that was probably um my big thing my big gripe back then but no it's it's, it's early in the game with the red pikmin um you know you you, you do I, we'll talk about it the red is not the the only one but yeah i coming back and playing this again i was just i don't know if i was just full of nostalgia or just really appreciated how great of a game it was but this tutorial level had me had me ready to go well it's it's paced really well if anything i think it's a little slow you you know this is targeted at people who didn't play a ton of real-time strategy games and it's loosely a real-time strategy game in the way that you have to to deal with your pikmin as resources because you're right there is a time limit the game has 30 days in game which each game is about yeah you're right about 10 to 15 minutes it feels like it feels like 10. I think it's closer to 15. I also think the timer stops when you're watching the few cinematic things you do get in the levels. Um, but it's, it's let's say, 15 minutes to be to be generous. And it's easier to break out the amount of time. That means you, know, you can play four days worth in an hour. It's a, it's a good game to sit down and play if you have a short amount of time and feel like you get a lot of stuff done. But knowing that you have 30 days and that there are, and the game gives you a counter, it's not a surprise, there are 30 different ship pieces hidden throughout the game. If you can find a ship piece a day, or you you know you get a couple days where you get two or three pieces, in fact, then you're like, all right, now I'm ahead of the curve. I know I've got more time, and you don't know at the time, but that is a hard and fast 30 days. There isn't like a, oh, it turns out later on I found a fountain, and now I can staff for another 10 days. No, it's, it's really 30 days. So if you're at day 20 and you've only collected five ship pieces, you probably want to restart this game. You're not going to finish it. Uh, you've got to get you know all the ship pieces to... Uh, in that 30 day window, but the game is designed so that it's teaching people who have not played games like this, how to play a game where you have to deal with managing, you know, an army of up to a hundred of these guys who don't individually do anything, right? They follow you around almost like a, a swarm of bees around you. Uh, but they, but at that point, if you throw them and they have something else to do, if it's either attack an enemy, uh, you know, or if it is, you know, grab this thing until you have enough Pikmin to carry it back or carry it back, whatever, then they will just follow you around. If you are get far enough away from them, like, for example, if you have 10 Pikmin carrying back a berry to the ship and you are, you know, a screen away where they can't see you, they'll just sit there wherever they, they you know, after they get it to the ship, they'll drop it off of the ship and then they're in the safe area that's around your ship. But they'll just sit there. They won't then wander back through the map and find you, which is great because otherwise they would get attacked in some of these more difficult areas. Uh, but... But it means you have to constantly be moving around the map. If you're having your, your Pikmin do two or three different things, which is what you're going to want to do, especially if you're trying to, you know, the goal is, is, yes, the goal is to survive 30 days and get all your ship parts back to your ship. But really, the goal of the Pikmin games as a whole is kind of how fast can you do that? How many days can it take you to find your 30 pieces? Can you do it in 20? Can you do it in 15? My record is like 26. I mean, I'm not, I'm not much faster. But I also, you know, you talked about how you, you feel rushed and you do it first. But once I start getting ahead, once I'm like, you know, day four and I have five pieces found, like I start relaxing. I stop worrying about it. As long as I never get to the point where I'm, I'm a day behind my number, I don't care. And so as long as I'm on on day seven and have five pieces, I'm like, nope, I'm good still. I don't need to worry about it. So I do take my time and I really do explore these areas out. Um, aside from the impact site, which is a very straightforward starter zone, there are there there is a couple enemies that will show up there later on, but generally at the start, it is a, a safe area to learn this game. 
Um, as you find ship pieces, it also, you know, increases your ship's ability to scan and you can find some new zones that are much larger and have a lot more to do. So first you can find the Forest of Hope, which is a much larger version of the same kind of like, you know, grasslands, woodsy site that you land in. Um, but it's generally more of the same. You, you, there is a little <clears throat> sandy desert area. Uh, and there's clearly parts that look like it's someone's like garden tile. Uh, but generally, you're still wandering through what looks like, you know, grasslands as opposed to anything else. Um, then you'll also can unlock the forest navel, which is kind of an underground cavern setup where you start meeting, uh, start seeing the other things the game's going to throw at you. So aside from just having enemies you have to, to worry about, which the Pikmin will attack. If you throw them at, at, at enemies, they will normally like swarm and attack them. But also, if you can throw them in Arkham perfectly where you land them on top of the enemies, which there's a little reticle that shows you where they're going to go gen generally, um, Sometimes it'll stun them, it'll do more damage to them, it'll, and you know, you can slam on that a button to throw a bunch of them, you know, over and over again. It's still like throwing a whole bunch of, you know, baseballs, I guess. So it's not like you can throw five at a time, you're still throwing them one at a time. But if you can throw them fast enough and hit them on the heads of these enemies, you can stun them for a moment so that they won't start eating. Because that's the other thing, is that these enemies love to eat Pikmin. So there's not an enemy in the game, I'm sure there's one or two that don't attack, but generally most of the enemies in the game will attack back. So unless you can swarm them with Pikmin or can throw them at the right target spots on the on the enemy to kind of cause them to not attack them, uh, you have to make sure you don't lose them. Uh, you can't lose all your Pikmin. It's not like you can lose all your Pikmin and the game ends. As long as you have, you know, because you found that onion, if there are no more red Pikmin, the onion will spit out one Pikmin. Now you got to rebuild your army, and you have 30 days, so you can't spend two days just rebuilding your army. You've got to be as careful as you can be to not lose all your Pikmin. But if, you know, you can play very sloppy in this and lose 5 to 10, 20 Pikmin in each day, and it's not going to affect your progress. You know, I, I personally try to go through this game and lose as few Pikmin as possible, not only playing as fast as possible, but losing as few as you can. At the end of every day, it gives you a summary like, hey, today you grew 17 Pikmin, but you lost 20 and you left six outside. Uh, that's, that's the other part is when you get to the end of each day, any Pikmin that aren't safely in the Onion, because the Onion you can store Pikmin in as well, uh, or currently in your traveling group where they're following you around, uh, they can be left behind. And either when you come back to that area the next morning, they'll be planted back in the ground. You can pull them up and they're safe. Or they're eaten overnight and you've lost them forever. So we'll say like, uh, today you grew 17 Pikmin, you lost 20 in combat, and there were 10 left behind. So your net number is, you know, negative 27 or whatever that math works out to. I should have written that down if I'm going to use math like that. But... Uh, so my goal when I play is not just to, to be as fast as possible to get as many pieces to my ship as possible, but to also lose as few Pikmin as possible. That said, there are some fights in this first game where they hadn't really uh, figured out how to... I mean, yes, there were strategies to, to make it so you wouldn't lose a lot of Pikmin, but there were many fights, specifically the very last fight of the game, but there were many fights where I felt like the only strategy was just throw Pikmin at them, and if they, you know, slowly over time, even if I lost 80 Pikmin... I will whittle away at that guy until until he dies, and then I've beaten him. Hooray! You know, moved on. I, I didn't have a very effective way on some of these bosses to avoid mm. losing tons of Pikmin, but I think this the skill is to do that. Yeah, well, that's that's a skill I don't possess because I I also had adopted the strategy of just throwing those damn things at them. I just a a, a war of attrition. I you feel kind of bad. I, those Pikmin are so goddamn adorable, and you you treat them. You treat these tiny living things like just completely disposable, uh, just instruments. And yeah, but I mean, uh, what there are going to be losses, I guess. Um, but this is it's 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 a little jarring, and damn, it can be heartbreaking to get uh, lose a ton 
of Pikmin on a boss fight. I have like we like we're talking about. I don't have a, a better strategy. I have I watched a few videos and people will do everything from like throw out a few distraction Pikmin and then you know and then then hightail it away if they have a have a piece or uh, you know throw a Pikmin in one direction to distract them and throw the rest to attack. Uh, there seems like there's a. This is one of those games. There's a lot more you can do. It just seems so simple. And I mean, we're talking about it. And I don't know if we're we're making it sound like it has a level of complexity to it at all, or if it's just you know keep hitting that button, throw those damn Pikmin. I think that's what it comes down to a lot. But I feel like this is definitely one of those games that if I if I really just poured time into it, there are much deeper levels probably as far as strategies go and things like that, this is not my, you know, we talk about real time strategy games. Those are, have never been, well, an interest or a, a strong suit. And they probably haven't been an interest because I'm horrible at them. Uh, so I, I am definitely like that, that new person to this genre that they're, they're trying to get to usher in. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I should be doing a little bit more than just throwing Pikmin wildly. Uh, but I, hey, it gets me through. It does get me through. But it is interesting um, when you we watch someone who who actually knows what they're doing play through this. There there are little subtle things you can do, especially when you get some of the the different uh, Pikmin as you go along. Uh, that I really wouldn't have thought. I, I am very much just kind of the just hit the button. You got to if I have a problem, eh, just throw a Pikmin at it. Uh, that'll fix it. Well, they, they definitely, you know, we, we've only really talked about the red Pikmin, but you can mm-hmm. find two other types of Pikmin. As you go through these other maps, you'll find a, a yellow onion and then later a blue onion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mm-hmm. will then travel to you and, you know, with your ship to every map. So you can go back to the very first map with the new Pikmin and their new abilities. Uh, it's not just that they're different colors. They all have different skills that make them useful. The red Pikmin are essentially like the aggressive fighting Pikmin. You can, you can fight with all the Pikmin, but the reds are the best at combat. Uh, additionally, red Pikmin can uh, are immune to fire. So if there are levels that have some fire that you have to worry about, your red Pikmin can run right through fire, no problem. There are some enemies that shoot fire, um, so you want to have the red Pikmin available for that. Uh, your yellow Pikmin, you find later, uh, are their biggest thing is that you can throw them high in the air. So not only do they, you know, they do fight okay, but you can throw them high in the air. They are not immune to fire, but they are immune to electricity. Uh, and there are some areas where there's electricity you have to worry about to, like, hit gates and and you know, that are like charged and you have to use the yellow Pikmin for that. Uh, your blue Pikmin are the final type of Pikmin you get in the original Pikmin game. Uh, and they are, uh, they can swim. So there are areas of the game specifically uh, on the third map is called the distant spring and it's mostly water. Uh, it is, or the fourth map, I guess, including the, the starter map. Uh, you need those blue Pikmin uh, because there are areas of the map that are completely inaccessible if you don't, you know, basically go fully underwater mm-hmm. for a section uh, and then get to, to the, the place you're trying to get this item that's up on a cliff or whatever, but you still have to then walk back through the water. So you need blue Pikmin. Uh, any, any regular Pikmin, if it's a yellow or red Pikmin that goes in the water immediately uh, will start flailing around and making a bunch of noise and will drown. Uh, now, what you do have, and we kind of forgot to mention this, uh, along with being able to throw the Pikmin, you can always call any Pikmin back to you by using mm-hmm. the B button, which is a whistle. Uh, the whistle will show on the screen as like a, almost like a, you can see the effect, the, the circle of effect that the whistle hits, and they will run right back to Olimar. If, an, if a Pokemon is on fire, jeez, oh, I keep calling it Pokemon. If a Pikmin is on fire, mm-hmm. 
if a Pikmin is drowning in, and is cor- towards the middle of the, the lake, if you throw a Pikmin in the lake, it's probably going to die. But if it's on the side of the lake, you walk in the side and it kind of falls in, you can blow that whistle over and over again and they'll slowly like fumble their way through the water until they get back on shore and, and come mm-hmm. back. And same with the ones that are on fire will then run back to you and, and be put out or whatever. So you can use that whistle to save them. Um, you mentioned the finesse for the bosses. Uh, and actually, not even bosses, because there's really only a handful of creatures I would say are bosses. Each map has one. Yeah. It's like yeah. the, quote, boss of the map, except for the final boss of the game, which is clearly a boss. But everything else is like the toughest monster in the in the map. Uh, most of the time, they will be def- guarding a piece of the ship. Like when you kill them, part of your ship comes out of their stomach or whatever, and, and you can take it back. But a lot of those, the finesse of those fights is not just knowing where to throw the Pikmin. Again, there's a little a little mark that shows where your Pikmin's going to go. Um, sometimes you have to throw it on their head and you need the yellow Pikmin that go high enough to land on top of the head. Or you have to mm-hmm. throw like up to 10 Pikmin on this boss and then you'll see it start shaking its head. Then you know to whistle and pull it back or else they will do this thing where they roll on the ground or whatever and smash your Pikmin immediately killing them. Uh, you mentioned how it's, it's heartbreaking to lose your Pikmin. It is heartbreaking to lose <laughs> a lot of Pikmin. One, because you have to then go out and re-farm for Pikmin. I mean, sure, you're going to have... As you're playing this, assuming that everything you kill, uh, everything your Pikmin kills, you let them take back to the Onion, will also turn into more Pikmin. So not only are those pellets growing your Pikmin army, but if you kill, you know, the bulb orbs are like the enemies you first see in the game. They look kind of like pill bugs with big bobbly eyes. Um, if you kill those and take them back, uh, they will then, you know, a, a small pill bug is three Pikmin, and the large... Um, bulb orb is 10 Pikmin or whatever. So they'll they'll take them back to their onion, whichever color Pikmin is the biggest in that group. So if you have three red Pikmin and six yellow Pikmin and one blue Pikmin that you use to carry back a bulb orb, it will go to the yellow because they were the most yellow Pikmin. And it'll kick it to the yellow onion and become 10, uh, 10 more yellow Pikmin. So as long as everything you kill, you let them take back to the onions, you will probably have you know plenty and plenty of Pikmin where you don't have to worry t- later in the game about, oh no, I lost five Pikmin. Like, okay, I just have to go back to my ship and get five more if I need that hundred. Otherwise, you know, if I'm at 90, I can still get the ship piece and get back and no big deal. Um, it, so it's not just heartbreaking, though, because you might have to rebuild some of your Pikmin army. You could have used almost all your, your blue Pikmin, so you have to go back and farm some more. But they also make the saddest noise because they yes. make kind of like little, not a, I don't want to say baby noises because it doesn't sound like babies, but it's, you know, cute little noises. When they die, they're like, oh, and it's so mm-hmm. sad. And you hear a bunch of them do it in a chorus, and it's like, oh, not only do you yeah. know that you've, you've made a mistake, but you feel bad. Uh, but but so the, the finesse is not just knowing which Pikmin to use and where to, to hit them with, but also the timing of, okay, I can read this enemy, I know what his attacks are. Sometimes you'll have to move Pikmin out of the way because the things will, you know, stomp or roll in certain directions or they'll breathe fire or whatever. So you have to make sure that all the different monsters that you're fighting, which all look like, you know, kind of things that were on Earth, they're a little bit more alien, but for the most part, other than some, you know, weird bulby orbs and stuff, there's like, there's a giant bird that pops out of the ground. It could be any giant bird from Earth that's just trying to eat these little Pikmin things because they look like lunch. And so you have to make sure you, you know, run around them and, and let them, you know, take a dive and miss for the food for a second. And then, you know, throw a mm-hmm. bunch of Pikmin at them so you can kind of stun them for a second. It, there, There is strategy to this that you have to learn, but it is simple enough that if you don't, if you're not good at that, if you're, you know, just learning this game, never played a game like this, you can brute force your way through most of this game as long as you don't mm-hmm. care about, like, oh, I've lost all my Pikmin, but I did get the ship piece. Like, great, you, you can finish this game. But uh, but if you want to learn, you know, there is some complexity to this game, uh, especially if you're trying not to lose any Pikmin. That's where it becomes extremely... Uh, I think that's the hardest part of the game. The time is a, th- is a thing you have to worry about. 
somewhat, but again, after you get a few days in, you realize the timer's not as big of a deal. The, the timer's more of an irritating deal on a day-to-day basis, because mm-hmm. it's not like if you're carrying a ship piece, and you know you only have like a minute left, but you know it's going to take two minutes to get to the back to your, you know, to the ship to turn it in, you're not going to make it back. And it doesn't immediately just say, okay, well, you had it in your possession, so you get credit for it. Nope, you have to come back the next yeah. day. And sometimes that means clearing out a bunch of enemies to get back to where that ship piece is to then carry it the rest of the way back. So the the time limit for me was not a big deal for the 30 days as a window overall, but it was each day knowing that you only have a little bit of time left. Like, do I have enough time to carry this back? Or should I wait till tomorrow and immediately rush over here, clear everything out of the way, and then take it back? Like, is that... It, 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 it was... A, there's definitely more to it than just just having to make sure you find the pieces. You have to also find the way back. Uh, also, each mm-hmm. of the maps, we kind of didn't really clarify this too well, that each of the maps has uh, bridges and pathways and things you need to open up that you wouldn't normally get to. So sometimes it is literally a bridge, and you put your Pikmin to like work on this bridge, and they'll slowly like, you know, build the bridge across this water. It looks like they're kind of unrolling it, more or less, but it still takes a bunch of them to do it. Um, or sometimes there's a stick in the ground, and you put a bunch of Pikmin by the stick, and they dig it up so it becomes like a... Uh, a little a little bridge that they can use to climb on top of a, a cliff they couldn't normally get to. And these are all things you have to unlock to find the wider parts of the map and get ways to take the pieces back to your ship. If there are, for example, uh, a, a little river between your ship and the piece you need to get, you need to then find a way to get a bridge or something over it. So, so the maps have those things they have to do. Uh, and over time, if you don't go to a map and you come back later, that bridge is gone. You have to then rebuild it. So you kind of got to make sure you're hopping back and forth between these maps, which you can't do. You know, you have to pick one for the whole day. You're there for the entire day in game. But you can't just be like, I'm never going back to this place again. Because you'll have to go back later on with these different Pikmin types to find all the different pieces you might not have found. So there, there, it, it is not a long game necessarily. Like we mentioned, it's 30 days. Each day is 15 minutes at most. So that is... Uh, it's seven and a half hours, eight hours total. If assuming if you don't make mistakes, you don't, you don't have to redo days. Uh, it does not auto save, which is nice. Uh, at the end of each day, you have a chance to save. You can say you don't want to save. So if you had a day where literally just everything went badly, just reset it and go back and redo that day again. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go back to the beginning of the game, but you also aren't stuck with a bad day ruining the entire run of this game for you, uh, which is nice. Since the day is only 15 minutes, worst case, you've only lost 15 minutes of your time, assuming you liked yeah. every day previous, which is nice. So yeah, it's not it's not a long game and it's not a hard game. Like we mentioned, if you if you're not familiar with this kind of game, the first Pikmin game because it's only three different types of Pikmin that do have their own mm-hmm. abilities, but they're very clearly marked out. If it's a water area, you use the blue Pikmin. If it's an area where you can see a lot of lightning, you should probably have the yellow Pikmin. And when you're at the the later maps and when you're trying to get all the hidden thing, not the hidden things, but all the all the ship parts, which some of which are very difficult to get to, you may need to bring a group of you that has you know thirty water Pikmin and thirty yellow Pikmin, and the rest are red Pikmin you have for fighting or whatever. And you have to kind of multitask and make sure you can have your different groups of Pikmin attacking different things. You have to send them to those things, but you still can have these different groups of Pikmin doing different jobs for you. So it, it, by the end of the game, you've learned. You've had, you know, six hours to learn this this fairly basic uh, strategy um, resource management part. But But it also is not just a straight real-time strategy game. You have to actually, for a lot of the fights that are more involved, you have to actually maneuver around and has a more arcadey feeling than something like a StarCraft or Warcraft does. You've actually got mm-hmm. to maneuver and pay attention to what's going on and pull enemies back a certain pull your Pikmin back at certain times to make sure the enemies don't smash them. So it, it does have a better, I think a far more interesting combat system than most real-time strategy games, but it also doesn't nearly go into even like one tenth of the depth of the strategy management pieces, something like a Warcraft does. You don't have to worry about yeah. building buildings to upgrade your Pikmin. Your Pikmin are there. The only upgrades for Pikmin is you can find 
uh, these pollen bulbs as you pick up pieces of grass or kill certain enemies that drop them. Uh, and when they eat them, they get a flower on their head and they're slightly stronger. Like there's not, there's no need for them. You don't have to have them have the, that upgrade for any point. And once they get that flower and they go back to the bulb overnight, they lose the flower anyway. So it's only good for that day, making them a little bit stronger. Uh, but, but you don't need it for the game. Um, honestly, I think, I, and I played this again in full recently. Uh, one of the reasons I want to talk about this is because they just announced Pikmin 4 and mm-hmm. I wanted to, to play through all the other Pikmin. So I played the first Pikmin again recently and I was surprised at how, especially after playing the later Pikmin games, how much simpler this first Pikmin was than the later games. Yeah, and I um I I, I did you, you touched on it. Um I am I'm very <laughs> appreciative they showed a good deal of restraint in this game, only having the three um different Pikmin, uh the three different colors to deal with, I thought made a world of difference. Honestly, I, yeah, you could go more in depth if you want. You could have damn as many different types as you want. But the fact that this for this this first Pikmin game you know, three, it's very clear what everyone does. Everyone's roles are pretty, pretty well assigned. And yeah, I, you do kind of pick up on that pretty quick. I, I do love the, the combat on here. I do. Um, it's, yeah, it feels like a little bit of button mashing, just, just throwing those damn Pikmin. But there's just something enjoyable about seeing those those enemies, it's about seeing them get whittled down over time and yeah you you do pick up a little bit of strategy like calling your party away throwing them back in calling them away knowing knowing when to do all that uh what pikmin to throw uh you know because it, you would think logic would di- dictate eh, let's just throw all red get it over with but no it's it's advantageous sometimes throw some of those other in others in whether it's for for fodder or you know the yellow you can throw a little further uh, so it does, and as I was playing through, I can't imagine I have much more of this game left. Um, this, uh, this is one that I, I only played through all the way uh, once before. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and, and wrap it up this time. Um, yeah, I, I did find myself uh, picking it up and, 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 and really kind of getting into it. Uh, and like we said earlier, it was, it was all about just getting ahead of the, the days, you know, always having more, always having more pieces than, you know, than, than days left. Right. I mean, those days where you can get more than one, uh, were definitely the key. I tried to focus on that this time. Uh, for some reason I had a memory that you could only get one piece per day. That is not, Um, but that, (laughs) that is not the case. And I was very relieved. I took a good deal of stress off of me once I was picking up multiple pieces. Um, Per day. Uh, that that being said, there were several uh, several instances where I just just ran out of time, like just ran out of time, and that can be frustrating. Going back and playing um, the same days, especially if you have to do it more than once or twice, uh, it gets a little grating. Uh, but you know, you can always just—it's one of those games where you typically, if you don't make it through a day, you know what you did wrong. You know what you can do better. Just you go out there and you do it and and get it and get it done. And so that that's good. You know, I, I, that's the way you want a game to be. You want to learn when you when you die from something, you wanna you wanna learn why. You just want to sit there and fuck was that. You know what it was. And it was probably you and, and your four-time manager. That's me talking to myself, but 
the Pikmin games, I've just, like I said, it's one of those I've really come to enjoy. And I think this, this Pikmin 4, whenever that does occur, it, it's probably going to be the, the first Pikmin game that I, you know, I pick up at launch. And I am, I'm looking forward to what that damn thing is going to be like on the Switch. I can only imagine hanging out with the, just laying in bed, playing some damn Pikmin. Take that thing in the bathroom with you, draw you a nice warm tub, play a little Pikmin. But I, as beautiful as Pikmin 3 was, I, I think this is probably going to be one of those you put, put, you know, put that shit on the TV, see it in its full glory. But no, this this series is 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 interesting. I even tried that damn the mobile one, the, the Pokemon Go type Pikmin game. I it, it got me up and walking for a little while there. I fell out with it, uh, you know, there was only room, basically because I couldn't run both of them at the same time. But no, it's just, it's a charming, charming little world. Literally, charming little world. I, I, I love the, you know, your, your main character of it. I love to design the Pikmin. I, the environments are wonderful. It has some great, still to this day, great kind of, uh, you know, water effects in it also. This game, it just has so much going for it. Uh, I, I was a fool to wait so long to, to kind of properly play this well, and again, I, I don't think, I, I can't fault you. I'm the guy who didn't play uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past until a year ago, right? So I'm, I'm the last person who's going to lecture somebody on they shouldn't have missed out on something. But just, you know, if you look at the game, you're not into strategy games at all. You you think like, oh, okay, this is like a kid's game based on, I don't know, gardens or something. Like, I don't, I'm not going to play this. Whatever. I, I'm not going to give it a shot. Now, I love this game. And I'm sure there are people that don't, and that's okay. But I, I absolutely love this game. So... I, Every game after the first game, I bought almost immediately, and they build out on this game very well. So if the first game, like I said, it's only three Pikmin types. I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, Pikmin 2, which came out in 2004, so three years later, also for the GameCube, uh, introduces some additional Pikmin types. So along with having the uh, red, yellow, and blue Pikmin that you expect to find, uh, in Pikmin 2, they introduce purple Pikmin, which are kind of big, fatter Pikmin, but they, they can carry... Uh, everything they carry counts as 10 Pikmin carrying it. So if before you needed three, you know, 30 Pikmin to carry a, a ship piece, with the purple Pikmin, you only need three of those. Now, they move much slower because it's still only three people uh, carrying it as opposed to 30 people. But if you have, you know, 10 of them and throw them at something that would take 30, uh, all of a sudden they're like flying, you know, they're running back quickly and you only need 10 to carry back this thing that takes 30. So that's purple Pikmin. Uh, white Pikmin uh, are, they look tinier than the other Pikmin, and basically they're useful because they will, uh, they're immune to poison, because there are poison fields and stuff introduced in Pikmin 2, um, but also they can find things that are hidden underground and just start digging, uh, and then we'll find these ship pieces that, that once they're dug out enough, the other Pikmin will help, uh, un, uh, you know, uncover them, but to find the original buried ones, you need the white Pikmin uh, from, from Pikmin 2. Also, Pikmin 2 introduces, they still have the same uh, you don't have a set number of days for Pikmin 2. You can play indefinitely, but you still have a day time limit. However, with the interest in Pikmin 2 that made it much more difficult were dungeons. So in each of the maps on Pikmin 2, there are these little burrows you can go into. Some of them go down 10, 15 floors, and each of the floors has a series of monsters you have to find, but also a series of treasures you can find. Uh, the story of Pikmin 2 also introduces that you have a helper. Uh, Olimar has... Um, 
has a partner with him who you can then split off and have two different teams. You use a button to switch between Team A and Team B. So you can go on totally opposite sides of the map but still have the ability to control your Pikmin uh, or, you know, group together in one big blob and, and go down to those dungeons. So the dungeons in Pikmin 2 do not have a time limit. You can play through them as long as you're in there. Uh, it does autosave in the dungeons uh, floor by floor, but... Um, but then when you get to the end of the day, you can say, oh, I don't want to save that day or not and, and go back. But that way, if you are playing a game that is taking you hours to go through these dungeons because you're being very careful, uh, you also does have an autosave, so you don't have to sit and do it in one sitting. You're, you're thankfully, you know, saving bit by bit. Um, they remade both Pikmin 1 and 2 for the Wii with play control. Now, normally, we talk about Wii control in a very negative fashion because a lot of games using the Wii, you know, controller, uh, for the most part, uh, feel more of a chore than they need to be. However... Mm -hmm. I will say I played through Pikmin 2 with play action uh, in the last month as I'm getting ready for Pikmin 4. I think it makes the game much easier to control. I actually like mm. the play action. Uh, so play action for the uh, the Wii and GameCube came out in 2008 and 2009. And then the next Pikmin kind of spinoff game, if you have Nintendo Land on the Wii U, uh, Nintendo Land was kind of a collection of mini games some of them fairly large mini games but still you know mini games based on other Nintendo franchises there's a game where you're playing as as Mario's trying to run away from each other in a maze there's a game where you are um uh, like a ninja throwing sh throwing sh stars at different games you know it's it's got a bunch of little mini games but one of the mini games on there is Pikmin Adventure it it kind of distills Pikmin into a multiplayer uh, one person controls Olimar, and one person controls specific Pikmin. Uh, those Pikmin can get levels and get stronger and stronger, and then you basically go through a map in a very short time limit to try to get to the end while you know navigating through. It, that's actually a lot of fun. I didn't think I would enjoy it, but my son and I played through that. So again, in the Pikmin world, the Nintendo Land Pikmin Adventure was next. Uh, Pikmin 3, which you already mentioned, was originally released for the originally released for the Wii U in 2013 and added even additional Pikmin uh, upon from what was on Pikmin 2. So Pikmin 3 also added in, along with having all those previous Pikmin, you have Rock Pikmin, which can break glass or uh, or like crystals. They can break crystals that will sometimes hide enemies or block the way. And Winged Pikmin uh, are exactly what they sound like. They can fly over not just water, but also there are areas that only the Winged Pikmin can fly over gaps uh, to get to things that are you know hidden out of the way that only your Winged Pikmin can fly over and grab that ship piece and take them back. So that, that's, you know, introducing now you have a total of seven different types of Pikmin uh, by Pikmin 3. Uh, it was re-released for the uh, Switch in 2000... 2020. In between that, for the 3DS, there's a game called Hey Pikmin. Now, I don't know if you ever played Hey Pikmin at all. Mm -mm. At first, I hated it because it's a 2D side-scroller that takes oh. the Pikmin mechanics, sort of, but changes it to a side-scroller. Uh, at first, I absolutely hated it because it is... It is very easy. I think Hey Pikmin is the easiest game, and that's after saying that Pikmin 1 was fairly easy. Um, the difference with, with Hey Pikmin is that it is designed 100% for you to get through all the levels without losing any Pikmin, which can be very difficult. So if you're playing it that way, Hey Pikmin actually is quite fun, but it is even more so than the Nintendo Land uh, Pikmin game. Probably the, the, the one that's the least like Pikmin in the series. Uh, it, until... Uh, as you mentioned, they did put out a a mobile app. Uh, the same people that did Pokemon Go put out uh, Pikmin Bloom, and it's essentially just a a walking counter that you can also 
dress up with Pikmin. It's fine. I actually do use it uh, because you get different Pikmin with different like hats on certain days. Uh, mm. if you, you know, go out like on St. Patrick's Day, you'll find a Shamrock Pikmin or whatever. I, I don't know. It's goofy, but I, it gives me a reason uh, other than that I have a dog that needs to go out to take this walking sim and, and go around and see what I can find. So th- that's kind of neat. But as I mentioned, Pikmin 4 is coming out this July. Uh, just based on the previews they've put on the last Nintendo Directs, I'm, this is the game I'm the most excited about this year. There, I'm sure there's something else that everyone's like, aren't you forgetting about? Like, no, I'm not forgetting about it. This game is the only game. If I bought one game in 2023, which is already a lie because I've already bought other games, but if I only if I went back in time and didn't buy those games and was told I could only mm-hmm. buy one game, it would be Pikmin 4. I am so excited yeah. for it, uh, which means I'm going to be disappointed because somehow, even though it's wonderful, I'm going to say, oh, it's not what I wanted because I never get that excited about a game. Uh, this is the most excited I've been about a game that's coming out new. <sighs> I'm trying to think of what the last one was that I was excited about. I mean, maybe Dark Souls 3 or, or Elden Ring. Elden Ring I was very Jesus. excited about, but but Pikmin 4, like, I, I, am, I am super excited that that's coming soon. Yeah. And while, while I don't I don't share that level of excitement, yeah, like I said, this is the first Pikmin game I, you know, am, am, am just going to snatch up from the start. And, you know, I, I have no expectations going into it. Um, I Having played three, uh, I, I did think three got a, a tad bit more difficult. I don't know how, how much more they'll add on this one, but I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. This is a... A series that it, it it took me a long time, but I can I can finally say I I hold I hold pretty. Well, the, you know the other thing they added uh, in the additional versions, even the original Pikmin has a challenge mode, but the challenge mode in the first Pikmin is kind of like how well can you do in a day? It's fine, but it's nothing new really. It's nothing that you're going to be like, oh man, I love this challenge mode. Pikmin two added in some challenge modes where it's a whole new map and it's a whole new level, and sometimes it'll be like, oh, this level you only get. Two rock Pikmin, or you know, rock one in Pikmin two. Uh, two purple Pikmin, and you have to somehow go through this whole level. And you know, there's three levels and five bosses to fight. You have two Pikmin. Go. Now it turns out there are ways in those levels to get more Pikmin, and you find it out as you're playing through them. But you don't have your onion. You don't have your standard ways to earn Pikmin, and it means there's a lot more strategy because not only you know, do you not have the way to build yourself more Pikmin through the natural way you do it earlier? But you know for a fact that they, they've they've built this level so that you can beat it with two purple Pikmin. And sometimes it's very difficult and you have to do it without losing anybody and getting, you know, to the end uh, with and getting all the items to get the highest score. Like the challenge modes in Pikmin 2 and 3 are wonderful. And I, I mean, 3 built on it more because you could play multiplayer, uh, which, I mean, my son and I played through a bunch of the Pikmin challenges. There were challenges that weren't just... Uh, you know, group challenges to see if you can get to the end like you would in the game normally, but also like versus challenges where it's you're Mm. both playing on the same map, trying to take on the same enemies who can take the most things back to their onions. Right. So I was like, this is really cool. So I'm hoping Pikmin Ford builds on that even more um, as, as I look forward to that. But the other reason I wanted to talk about this this week, specifically right now, is Pikmin 1 and 2 are only available on the GameCube and the Wii, Uh, arguably the Wii U if you have you know, a Wii U still. And the only way you can find them uh, in physical form, they're expensive. Any version of Pikmin 1 or 2 uh, is, is going to run you, it's not crazy expensive, but $80, $90 for a copy of these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, until the Wii U virtual console shuts down, or Wii U store shuts down, which I think is the 14th of, of March, very soon, you can buy 
Pikmin for the Wii and Pikmin 2 for the Wii with the Play Control, both of them are $20 a piece. It's the cheapest way you can possibly find these games and play them. Uh, and also, I think the, the Play Control actually is great. So if you still have a Wii U, I would highly recommend picking those up. But I'm also just putting this out there again. I've, I've put some stuff on social media and we've talked about it on our Discord and all, but it, it, both the 3DS and the Wii U eShops are shutting down permanently. Like they will not be able to find stuff mm-hmm. that you didn't already pay for. Um, now, apparently, if you already paid for them, you can still download them indefinitely. I don't know when that will stop, but at least the purpose yeah. of buying new games is gone. There is absolutely no way to buy these things again after the 14th or whatever day it is in March. It's very, very soon. So if you're interested at all in Pikmin and you don't want to hunt down a copy and pay a bunch of money to be like, I don't know if I really like this or not. For $20, you can try this one now if you have a Wii U. But also, there's a ton of other stuff on there that... I don't know how you're going to get to play them again. Nintendo has paid no interest in putting out, for example, the Wii exclusive Punch-Out, which is great. It's a wonderful game, only available on on the Wii. Uh, Again, you can buy that on the Wii Wii U eShop, download it, 20 bucks. Uh, There's also a handful of uh, of 3DS games I would highly recommend, not including Hey Pikmin, but there's uh, the, the Kid Icarus 3DS game. I love it. A lot of people didn't, but I thought it was really great, and it's only available on the 3DS. So if you don't want to find a physical copy, this is your last chance to buy these kind of things. Uh, but specifically for this episode, again, if you're interested at all in Pikmin and you're one of the eight people left that has a Wii U, I would highly recommend going and, and getting a copy of that before it goes away forever. Because otherwise, unless Nintendo re-releases them all, and I don't know if they need to, um, because Pikmin builds so well off the previous games, I mean, you said Pikmin 3 was the first one you really dug into, mm-hmm. and that was the first one my son played. He hasn't played the first two, and he played Pikmin 3 just fine. I don't know if they need to re-release the old ones. It's not like, uh, you know, there's not... The story isn't deep enough where people are like, I gotta go back and see the story of Pikmin 1. It, it doesn't matter. The gameplay is what matters in Pikmin, and they builds off well enough that you can play Pikmin 3 as your first Pikmin, or most likely Pikmin 4 is your first Pikmin, and learn just fine. That said... There's something about the simplicity of Pikmin 1 and then introducing the dungeons in Pikmin 2 when I played them back-to-back that I was... I mean, for $40, it's probably the best fun I would have had in uh, in 2023 so far. And that's saying something since I've played probably 100 hours of Monster Hunter on my <laughs> Xbox uh, since buying it a couple weeks ago. So we don't have any mail this week, as Jeremy is still out, mm-hmm. and he's the one who manages our mail. Uh, that is that is a shame, but he should be back very soon. Whenever he is back, we're going to be doing Red Dead Revolver for the Xbox mm-hmm. and PlayStation 2. Again, a patron pick. Otherwise, uh, if not, I don't know what we're covering next, and I'm no longer going to broadcast it, but we will see you then. <laughs>